Um, should we have our Bible reading now? The first reading can be followed on page 30, 234 of the Old Testament, part of the Pew Bibles. I'm reading from Judges chapter 3, verses 7 to 11. The Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, forgetting the Lord their God and worshipping the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of King Cush and Rishathaim of Aram Naraim. And the Israelites served Cushan Rishathaim for eight years. But when the Israelites cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the Israelites, who delivered them. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord gave King Cushan Rishathaim of Aram into his hand, and his hand prevailed over Cushan Rishathaim. So the land had rest for forty years. Then Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. The second reading can be followed on page 46 of the New Testament of the Pew Bible. I'm reading from Mark chapter 8, verses 27 to 30. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. our heads and pray. Father, we pray that in your greatness and in your mercy, you'd speak into our lives today. Amen. Well done, Rosemary, for reading about (laughs) the merry king of Aram. I'm not even going to say his name. (laughs) I love it. I love the way in that translation they keep repeating his name. Ian has asked me to preach, and it's, it's the period from Judges to the end of Two Kings. That is hundreds of pages, and it is hundreds of years. So I hope you've brought a tent. And it's a tremendous period because Judges is a period a bit like 
Brexit, they keep on messing things up again and again and again. And it's their own fault. The Israelites keep messing up. They get someone to save them, and then they follow God for a while, and then that guy dies or that girl dies, and then they go back to to bad ways, and and God gets angry, and they get get oppressed, and it's just a cycle of of up and down, up and down, up and down. Then we go into from Judges, we go to Ruth. Now, what Ruth is important because we're the the king david the king king david is is a central person in the um in in the whole biblical story and and the book of ruth is telling you about where king david came from his 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 his, his line and so it's a short book and it's great fun to read to read it then goes into to one samuel and samuel is a, a great prophet and during samuel's time People of Israel ask for a king, which doesn't please um, Samuel terribly well much. But anyway, he thought we were doing quite well without without a, a king. But they so that but then he does it, and and Saul comes along, and so one one Samuel is all about really about uh, Saul and how Saul was a failure. But there's this while while Saul kept failing, there's this young man David who will one day be king, who's starting to, to, to really um, grow. And, and, and so 2 Samuel is about, is about the time of King David. And under David's time, Israel becomes so much of what Israel was meant to be. The borders are secure. They have a, they, he builds a temple. In, 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 or starts to prepare to build a temple in Jerusalem. The, 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 the kingdom, the kingdom is, expands massively. And, and, it, and his, his, his reign and the reign of his son, Solomon, were the golden years of, of Israel. Great times. People were prosperous. Each man living under his own tree. Is the lovely expression. Ah, but then what happens? Money, sex, and power. <laughs> the kings start to become corrupt. And you've got the prophetic class who, who are incredibly brave and they speak truth to power. Um, and so when David goes wrong, Nathan goes in and, and, and speaks to him and, and he, the king David listens to Nathan. But then we go into a period where the kings stop listening to people who are telling them the truth about their reign. And because they start to become corrupt, the kingdom starts to fall apart. It splits and it never ever comes back together again. And then they start to be overrun. And so two kings ends with Israel just being destroyed. The temple being destroyed. They go into captivity far away from their homeland. They messed up. And the whole glorious thing is gone. So there we are. <laughs> That's the history lesson for today. How, do, how can I apply this to us 
today? How do I apply this? So let's look at the text that uh, Rosemary read for us so bravely. (laughs) The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. The Baals and the Ashtaroths were horrible gods. Gods of fertility. Gross gods. We read of them, of, 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 of child sacrifice taking place in their worship. I mean, that's just so awful to sacrifice your own kids to please the God that you're trying to, to worship. So they've turned from this good God who saved them to this horrible, gross, gross God. These gross gods. So God's angry. The king of Aram comes and oppresses them for eight years. And they cry out. And and God raises up a savior. He raised up for them a deliverer. Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother who saved Israel. The spirit of the Lord came on him. And he became Israel's judge. So this Othniel is, has got a good heritage. His, his uncle was Caleb. Caleb was one of the two men who stayed, who stayed faithful to God uh, under Moses' leadership. It was, it was Caleb and Joshua who stayed, when, uh, stayed close to Moses and, and kept supporting Moses when other leaders were, 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 were rebelling. So he has a good s- spiritual pedigree. And the spirit of the of the Lord comes on him and empowers him to do the work of delivering the king of Aram into his hands. And clearly he kills the king of Aram. And so the land then has rest. And that cycle of the of Eve something bad them 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 rebelling against God worshipping other gods, then being oppressed, then God sends a deliverer and the Spirit of God would come on those those deliverers and empower them to deliver. The Spirit of God came on them. That's what I want to pick up on. And what I want to say to you friends now is that in this dispensation, now as we live now, The Spirit of God comes in you, not just on you. The Spirit of God comes in you. It didn't happen in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God came on them. Now the Spirit of God's coming inside us. We literally believe as Christians that God's Spirit is living in us. We do. That's part of the gospel. How is it possible that God's spirit can now live in us? What's happened to make it possible? Any guesses? Steve? Yeah, Christ has died. Christ has died. What did the death of Jesus do? Took away our sin. And because we are, 
washed in the blood, the, the Holy Lamb of God has create, created space in our lives for the Holy Spirit of God to come inside us. So God's Holy Spirit now lives in us through Jesus. So our faith is in Jesus to save us. And then the Spirit comes on us and in us to enable us to live the Christian life, to enable us to be Jesus. Look how Paul, look what Paul says about this. This is in Ephesians 1, verse 17. I keep asking, Ephesians 1, verse 17. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Ask that that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. Friends, your father wants you to know him better. To, To grow in your faith, to know him better this week than you know him today. To grow in wisdom and revelation to know him better. So you're eating your cornflakes tomorrow morning. <laughs> and you know, you know that your God wants you to grow in your knowledge of him. Of course he does. Of course. Of course it makes sense, doesn't it? Because it, we're, we're called into a personal relationship with the person. God. And in any relationship, in any good relationship, you get to know each other better. (laughs) And you enjoy it. Yes? Yes. God's excited about his relationship with you. Yes. Yes. The interesting thing there is that the you is in the plural. In other words, we get to know God better ourselves in part through our interaction with one another. (coughs) From what others are learning about Jesus and talking about their experiences, the things which they've picked up. And that's why things like having fellowship with other Christians is just so important. Because we learn from one another about our God. That you may have the spirit of wisdom and knowledge that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. As we look at the world, it's easy to despair, isn't it? 
Maybe we're looking at things going on in our families and we're, and it's easy to despair. You wonder where things are going to go. And in times of, 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 of fear, God wants, God wants you to, God, God wants you to know the hope to which he has called you. Because God has called you to hope, not to despair. Know the hope to which he has called you and the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Hey, he wants you to know the riches. The inheritance, how did, how did, how did we get the inheritance? The inheritance is because Christ has died. Because he's died, we are inheriting a great hope. It's ours. It's not just about the forgiveness of our sins. It's just a whole lot of stuff. All the benefits of his passion. And, goes on St. Paul, that you may know the incomparably great power that is at work in us. The Spirit of God in you works in you resurrection life. Absolutely. Yes. There's resurrection power available to you all through this week. And after that as well. Yeah? It's resurrection power. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power living in us. You've got to admit, that's fantastic. Eh? It is absolutely fantastic. Yeah? Never confess that you are weak and useless. Yes, you might not know how to behave in a situation. Yes, you might not be sure of the way you should go. Yes. But God will never, ever, ever leave you nor forsake you. Ever, ever. He's never going to do it. He's never, ever going to turn his back on you and walk away. He has bound up your life with his life. You are his child and he absolutely delights in you. And he's given you in Christ everything you need for godliness and holiness and righteousness. Everything. So there's that person at the work that you have to work with and you think, oh God, how do I cope with this person? Don't know, but I know God's with you. And quite literally, friends, as you walk out that door 
go out to whatever you do today. The Lord is near you. The Lord is with you. The Lord's watching you. He's caring for you. He's caring for those you care for. He's caring for our world. And you and I are on this amazing journey of discovering more and more and more and more of the glorious riches of our inheritance. So come, Lord Jesus. Come. Come, Lord Jesus, and do a work in our day that is just so wonderful. We wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.